Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it. Then, replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be spin-dashing to the past and talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Sega Genesis. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. We've got our best friend Tails with us, so we gotta go fast, and let's talk games. So we are on episode 26, which coincidentally is our one-year anniversary. I mean, not coincidentally. Yay! Wow. Yay. It's not coincidentally, I know. Because it's every... Intentionally. <laughs> it's intentionally Whatever. our one-year anniversary. <laughs> Yay! We lasted a year. Yay! We didn't get sick of it or stop being friends. I mean, that's always important. I mean, your siblings. That would be hard. Uh, you say that, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> oh, who was that? Well, I did mention we had our best friend Tails. I might have exaggerated. Instead of having our best friend Tails on this episode, instead we have... It's just our friend Tails. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. No! It is... <laughs> it is our very good friend and definitely friend of the show tom from the will run for podcast whom we have talked about multiple times so tom go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself i'd like to think i bring a little bit more to the table than tails does <laughs> and and we'll get to it in a in, in a little bit but can can you fly i uh, i feel like <laughs> that was a low blow i'm sorry I feel like he doesn't bring a lot to the franchise, especially in the two games <laughs> in the two games we've played. Oh, that's definitely true. I, I mean, yes, we will we will get into our thoughts on Tales. However, Tom, tell us a little bit about the podcast you do and any details you want to add in. Sure. So we started a podcast pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic to essentially keep us motivated and keep running. Um, it's a running podcast. It's four friends. Two of us are ultra marathoner, crazy runners, and the other two are normal people. Um, and it's really a podcast for anybody who walks, run walks, or runs, um, just to feel like there's a sense of community and to motivate you. Yeah, so it's called the Will Run For Podcast because there's a million different reasons why people will run and where where can we find a podcast it's on wherever you find your podcasts apple spotify wherever you get your podcast you can download it it's will run for podcast there you go awesome yeah well again thanks thanks for coming on on here with us uh i know i enjoy listening to your podcast a lot so this is this is neat we wanted to make our one-year anniversary special, so inviting Tom along with us on this adventure is one element of making it a little bit more special. Yay! I am not worthy. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> you, you were right. Oh, oh. Really, though, we're going to also take this opportunity for our one-year anniversary to say thank you so much to everyone who's listened to the podcast, who has interacted oh God, yeah. with us on social media, on our Twitch streams. It is something, as much as we joke, we are doing this because we don't hate each other still. It's really <laughs> awesome that we've been able to interact with so many cool people. We've had people listening and tuning in. It's so awesome. I noticed the other day we had a five-star review. We 
didn't talk about because we're terrible people. <laughs> so thank you so much for the five-star reviews. We do see them. We just completely forgot about it. So honestly, though, thank you so much for helping us last for a year. Super yeah. appreciate it. And uh, it's awesome you're here and we're, we're going to be around for a little bit longer at least. I don't feel like I've had an internet friend since like, the MySpace days. So this is this has been fun, especially when you're stuck in a house, you know, with no one to talk to. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a big thank you to all of our Twitch viewers, all of our, our followers on social media. All our listeners. Uh, all of our listeners, obviously, that's the point. So Cool. <laughs> so Thank you for our one year anniversary. We're so happy you've been with us this whole time. Or if you're new or if you've been with us part of the time, no matter what, so happy you're listening along. Hope you're enjoying. Uh, but I think it's time for video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! So this episode's trope of the day is intentional stress triggers. Katie, what can you tell me about intentional stress triggers? Do it quickly! A Do it now. Intentional stress hey, trigger. Hey. The way we're identifying that is when a game intentionally adds an element that is meant to make the player feel more stressed out, feel more urgency, feel Quicker. more rigor. Like just you, you feel like something is pushing you to get some. It worked. You feel like you're. <laughs> no pressure. You feel like there's an element of the game that's pushing you to be fast and do something quickly within a certain amount of time. When we're talking about this, of course, the reason that triggered this was, of course, the stupid drowning music in Sonic. <laughs> I hate is, it. It haunts worst. my nightmares. Haunts my nightmares still. Oh, my God. So, it gives me such anxiety. <laughs> exactly. It, it's. I it's, mean, it's one of those noises that you could play for anyone and they would instantly know what it was. Right, and, and then they then they start, out. and it's just you just get stressed yeah. out by it. Yeah, this is other things in video games, though. For example, like in survival horrors, this is the idea of having low ammo all the time and very scarce ammo. While it's mm. a mechanic that lasts the whole game, it makes you it doesn't rush you, but it basically changes the way you play a game because of these elements. Right, and it's like every shot that you take, it's like, should I've done that? Should I've tried to save that type of ammo? Like, where am I going to find it again? Exactly. Should I be using my melee weapon instead of ammo because there's so limited yeah. ammo? I think Doom 3 has a great example where you can't have your flashlight and your gun out at the same time. So you could either look for things that might jump out at you or be able to defend yourself from things that jump out at you. <laughs> it's awful. And like between that and the ambiance, it's, it's incredibly stressful. This is like, we were talking about this beforehand, and this is, a lot of them are associated with noises, we realize, that like, again, the stress yeah. music in Sonic. Uh, one thing I just thought of in Dead Space, the fact you can hear the aliens, the like crabhead aliens, before you see them sometimes, you'd hear this like, it was this awful noise oh, yeah. that you'd hear it in the dark, and the very first time you see it, you're like, what's that noise? You turn the flashlight on, and it's these awful, awful, like, Alien monsters. I call them. Uh, cra I don't remember. <laughs> Head crabs. Them. Head crabs. But I know that's not the right term. I know. Um, well, I was going to bring up Half Life because again, you could hear the enemies before you see them a lot. You can hear them moaning or groaning and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, those kind of noises in these games that definitely is adding things to elevate the player's stress or their awareness. Other elements are timed sections but specifically things like in jack 2 when we would be like find this 
precursor orb and you'd have exactly mm. 12 seconds, which is pretty much exactly what you need in order to find that precursor orb. So if you make one wrong twitch, you can't find it, which is ridiculously frustrating or the rings in any of the Jack games that you have to go through them in a certain order in a certain amount of yeah. time. And the music starts ticking off at you and it runs down again, back to that sound element. Uh, and the know, fail condition music for that is terrible. And, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's another thing that just brings back nightmares. There's a part to, uh, I used to play Batman arcane asylum, Arkham okay. Asylum. Yeah. And there's like, you know how in the beginning of some games, they take you through some scenarios just to train you on the mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's like a speed round in, in Batman where if you don't, if you don't complete it, you can't start the campaign. I've straight up given up a game because I couldn't complete the speed, the training speed round. Or like the the batarang when you throw it, you're supposed to like remote control uh, yeah, I it. Yeah, the guiding. Uh. I'm like, well... Well, I guess I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> god, that's awful. That's awful. Oh god, oh, you can't play a whole no. game like that. That's you so rough. You don't do well under pressure. I never knew. And I'm a quitter, so it, it doesn't lend itself. It doesn't lend itself to any kind of, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I will say the one real life example I have to match this, which I wasn't sure there was going to be one and it popped in my head, is the Jeopardy music. Because anytime in the game show, but also when you're timing your friends to be faster about something, everyone does Mm -hmm. the do, do, do. And I can't do too much or we're going to get like in trouble with Jeopardy. But (laughs) you know the music, you know what I'm talking about. How often, like, in real life do people do that to each other? You're like, speed up, get it done. I'm going to sing the Jeopardy music to stress you out. What was the, uh, in, in Cats Does Countdown, they have the but, uh, stress but, uh, round. But, uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, the stress Well, on, on top of that, they have the stress round where it's like, it's like really dramatic versions of the music and, like, yeah. flames go off and Flame. then air cannons go and off at the end. At the very end, it's like, yeah, explosions. It was just, Yes, ugh. and it. Literally always scares John Richardson, <laughs> even if he's gone through it like ten billion times. Yeah, but I think he he like he hated the relaxation round more when they were trying to massage him, and he was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Another stress element. They tried to relax him, and he stressed out. No, but it's these kind of elements in games and in, in real life that we're talking about as intentional stress triggers. These are things that the game creators have added to the game to make it so much more in your head than they should be in theory. So I think we covered it. Intentional stress triggers is our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Boo-boo! Yay! (laughs) Yay! What are you doing? (laughs) Ruined everything. Take that! All right, let's talk about the game or games of the episode. Katie, what can you tell me about Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis? Sonic the Hedgehog was released in 1991 for the Sega Genesis. It was developed by Sonic Team for Sega. Uh, Development, of course, emphasized speed. Duh. Uh, (laughs) So Sega actually considered a lot of different characters and creatures to be the lead in the game, such as kangaroos, squirrels, and they basically eliminated any 
character that isn't fast. So no turtles, no uh, slower <laughs> oh, characters were considered. One idea was a rabbit that's able to grab objects with its ears. No. <laughs> so they thought it showed promise, but the Genesis basically wasn't able to handle those kind of engines. Uh, the hardware just wasn't able to do so. So at one That's point, it, it was narrowed down to an animal that could roll into a ball for the attack move. So it got down mm-hmm. to hedgehogs and armadillos. I don't really mm. consider armadillos fast, so that's fascinating to me. You have never seen an armadillo at night. <laughs> I, I feel like I literally have a video when we did the night zoo stuff in the small mammal house of an armadillo just running back and forth. Really? Yeah. yeah I feel like they're the same speed as a hedgehog Fair but anyways I just, anyways i think of them as armored tanks that's why i think of them as slow i think that's why in my head i associate them with like tank so either way though the hedgehog character specious ended up winning out but the idea for an armadillo never truly went away and they ended up uh, basing a different character mighty the armadillo who appeared in 1993 sonic was actually originally going to be teal colored instead of blue then they shifted to a light blue shade and then he finally went to dark blue so he would stand out against backgrounds better. So that's why we have Sonic looking the way he does today. I guess like the teal would be too sky colored, I yeah. guess. Sonic the Hedgehog received positive reviews overall, of course. It's an 81 out of 100 on Metacritic and an 86% on game rankings, though that is retrospectively. So they went back and looked at it later down the line and it has an 86% average. Hmm. 81 seems low, honestly. I agree. I thought that was relatively low, but Paul Rand of Computer and Video Games characterized Sonic the Hedgehog as being faster with brighter colors and Super Mario World as having more in-depth play. So it really was a direct comparison to Super Mario World, which is the point. Sega was really looking Mm -hmm. for a competitor for Super Mario World, and the biggest comparison was speed. As we keep talking about, that's really what they were aiming for. That's why they wanted it to stand out was for the speed. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, when we're looking back on it, because it's hard to find reviews from back in 1991. So a lot of the reviews we're seeing, like I said, are retrospective. It's looking back Mm -hmm. in a more modern era. And you look at it, and the reason that everyone believes it retained its popularity is because of the speed, because it stood out. And it's just really been considered one of the greatest video games of all time, only because of how iconic it made Sonic. It just... it made it a one of the best platformers of all time, I think, in retrospect, in rose-tinted glasses almost, because of what it mm. represents, not just the gameplay itself, which is why I think the 81 feels really low to us, because we know what it represents on a greater scale, but in comparison that's, that's a to decent the way point. it played, I think that's where the 81 comes from. So I think that's a really fascinating way of looking at it, that retrospectively we can acknowledge that it's way better than maybe they did at the time, because of what it represents now in modern era. Well, and I can tell you that I grew up in a Sega household. We did not have anything Nintendo, um, any of that. So when Sonic did come out, it was our answer to Mario. It was our own Mario. And like, so for us, it's absolutely iconic because it was just as good, if not better than Mario. And, as uh, you know, uh, we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, but we were also a Sega household. And so while we got it later in the lifespan, Sonic was our Mario. Exactly. Like we played it so often and it was the platformer of choice on the system. And it was just such a great game and stood out to us. And it meant so much to be like, yeah, Sonic's awesome. Definitely rooting for Sonic. Um, And I, I, I definitely, as much as I joke, I'm a Sony fangirl. 
at the end <laughs> of the day, Sonic's going to win out. Sonic is is the original hero, and like he's, yeah. he's he is the icon um, because of this game. It really started all at, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog, the very first one. But speaking of speeds and going fast, we do like to discuss speed runs as well. In this game, we I pulled up two different speed run times. We have the glitchless mm. speed run, which can you give a guess? I, I want to hear what your guesses are for what the speed run is for Sonic 1, you two. I'm staring at it. So. Cheater. So, Tom. Oh, God. What's your guess? Okay, so <laughs> this is beginning to, this is beating the game. Beating the whole beating game. Beating the whole game. Beating the whole game. Not necessarily getting the emeralds. I want to say l- less than 20 minutes. I want to say about 20 minutes. Good job. It was 19 yeah. minutes and 41 seconds. I'm just thinking because the amount of levels and mm-hmm. you could pretty much do each one in just under a minute if you do them like if you're just Perfectly. flying through it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is funny because in my brain, I was like, that actually seems really long because right. I'm thinking like Mario speed runs. But it's like, well, Mario's got warp pipes. It's so the that warp is... pipes make all the difference yeah. in the speed runs. So, yeah. So glitchless is 19 minutes and 41 seconds. It was set by Flower just six months ago. So really, again, showing how active these communities still are. Um, yeah. They do record the in-game run of 14 minutes and 51 seconds, basically not including all the cutscenes that you have to take part in. It's 14 minutes and 51 seconds. The glitchless run I saw was about five minutes slower, so about 14 minutes total uh, with, you know, dropping it a little bit after the all the, the gameplay run. and stuff. The glitch run, sorry. Yeah. Um, the other run I got was the all emerald run. So this is playing the whole game as well as getting every single chaos emerald, which is getting all the emeralds in the first run. That was 23 mm-hmm. minutes and 33 seconds, also set by Flower, and that was only seven months ago. So really not four extra minutes to get all six Chaos Emeralds is, yeah, considering how awful I was at those stages. Yeah, that's impressive. That impresses <laughs> that's really hard. It's yeah. really hard. So, Although if you're, if you're good, you could actually get them quicker, unlike the second game. And yes, that is uh, an interesting element. So speaking of the second game, let's get into the facts about the second game. Chris, tell me about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was developed by Sonic Technical Institute for Sega in 1992. So just one year after the first one came out. Like, the development cycle of these games absolutely blows me away Mm -hmm. at at that era of games. Sega Technical Institute. Sonic, that would would be cool too. (laughs) So during the development of the original Sonic, Mark Cerny established STI in California because Sega wanted to develop more games in America, and Cerny's aim was to establish an elite studio that would be able to combine the design philosophies of American and Japanese developers. So shortly after the release of Sonic the Hedgehog, one of the programmers, Yuji Naka, quit Sega due to disagreements over his salary, dissatisfaction over the time and effort it took to finish Sonic, and just the lack of support from the management. So Cerny visited Naka's apartment, listened to the reasons that he left and actually convinced him to join STI in America to fix the problems that they had with Sonic in Japan. So Sonic 2 actually played a major role in keeping Sega competitive during the console wars of the fourth generation of video game consoles in the early 90s. So it actually brought their market share up 40% within six months of its release. 
incredible. continues to receive acclaim, often cited as one of the greatest video games of all time, and one of the best in the Sonic series. Sonic 2 actually didn't become playable from start to finish until the last 48 hours of development in September of 92. It's which, so bonkers. It's so it's insane. It's bonkers, especially that. for a console yeah. game, like a cartridge game, I should say, rather. Yeah. Where, like, if it's not ready, like, it has to be delayed. You can't, there's no day zero patch for a cartridge. Yeah, and it's interesting back then, I mean, I don't know how early they announced a release date, but, like, how hard was that release date that they had to get it done by that day? It's really, yeah. really interesting. Well, and I guess, uh, I don't actually know. I feel like, is it more complicated to manufacture a cartridge than, like, press a CD? Like, in I my brain, no it idea. has to be, right? Like, I have no idea. It feels like more it steps. Has more pieces. Yeah, it, it has more steps more pieces. and pieces. So... Yeah, so it might be one of those, like, they just couldn't delay it. I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. a great question. Just like the first game, the Sonic 2 soundtrack was composed by Dreams Come True bassist and songwriter Masato Nakamura. Which is why it's amazing. Oh, God. It's... We'll get to that, but it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, unsurprisingly, critical responses were quite good for Sonic 2. 87 out of 100 on Metacritic, 88 out of 100 on game rankings. Lucas Thomas of IGN proclaimed the game offered more of everything. More characters, more levels, more music, moves, baddies. And he noted that the new spin dash move enhanced the speed of gameplay as Sonic no longer had to have a long stretch of straightaway to get up to his signature blazing velocity anymore. Which is... So game It was incredibly in new. Yeah, like it, noticeable going from one to the other. So the main criticism for this game was the two-player mode and the addition of Tails. Apparently, lots of reviewers disliked the image distortion brought about by the squeezed and flickering graphics, and Tails was considered to be, quote, useless and, quote, infuriating due to its interference during boss battles, which, which I feel like we... Some of it we kind of saw. You're the one that complained about him doing things. Yes, but we, we, no, shenanigans still. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that, by contrast, GamePro described Tails as about the cutest companion that any Sonic fan could ask for. <laughs> and at least it's a cute companion and not later when they added weird, sexy Sonic. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Sonic 2 actually broke video game sales records upon release. Prior to release, the game had already sold 2.2 million units to retailers by October 92. It went on to sell 5 million units within 60 days, grossed $450 million in 92, which is about $830 million for inflation. And this was more than any other film or other entertainment product made that year. So... Sonic 2 was 1992. Yeah. It, it defined <laughs> the year. It really did. Yeah. And it it was a standout game. Uh, even as standout as Sonic was, I think Sonic 2 is what really put it on the system on the map, ironically. Yeah, like that's absolutely. What they credit it to why the Sega Genesis really was able to truly compete with Nintendo was due to Sonic 2. Right. So, much like the original Sonic, there is a speedrun. The glitches speedrun is pretty close to the original Sonic. It's 22 minutes and 25 seconds, also by Flower, and that was set a month ago. 
And that's in-game 17 minutes, 42 seconds. So that's, it's kind of interesting that it's pretty close. Even though there are a lot more levels in Sonic 2, the number of stages per level changes, and that's why I think yeah. they're around the same length. Interestingly, there also wasn't a speed run for an all-emerald speed run. And I think it's because, as you mentioned, in Sonic 2, the all-emeralds are you have a designated time. You don't control how fast yeah. you're going, ironically enough. You are, you are not going to get uh, the Chaos Emeralds any faster. There's no way to shortcut that. Exactly. So, so it, there's it no makes reason sense. to speedrun it. Yeah. There's zones, not levels. Zones, not levels. That is true. So with that, we've talked about our two games of the episode. Again, double-sized for our anniversary episode. So it's time to once again play that Chiacarina of Time to take us back to the past before we had a chance to play these games again. Tom will be joining us back in the past as well, so let's play that Chiacarina of Time. Yeehaw! And that music, as always, brings us back to the past, back to talk about Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 for the Sega Genesis before we had a chance to play it again. And of course, back in the past, we also have Tom from Will Run For joining us. So let's talk about the games, guys. What do you all remember about Sonic 1 and 2? Rings. Rings and the Green Hill Zone music. Those are the two things that immediately come to my mind. I remember the anxiety for not being able to find the air pockets. The awful, awful music. <laughs> oh, God, it would start counting down, and my anxiety would just shoot to the roof. <laughs> so stressful to hear that music. It still gives me anxiety if I hear it now. Yeah, because there was no, like, yeah, it wasn't like a, a number or anything. It just the music got, like, louder and faster, and yeah, absolutely panic inducing. I do remember. Like, this was easily one of my favorite games when it came out, and we were newer to the Genesis, so all of the graphics were, like, groundbreaking at the time. Mm -hmm. I think I was, like, 11, 12 years old, and I played this game and the sequel. Like, I got to a point where the muscle memory was such that I knew exactly at what point in which zone that I would have extra lives, mm -hmm. you know, like... I. I got really good at this That's game. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. We played it. I know I played it a lot at the neighbor's house across the street because he had a Genesis before we actually got ours. So I remember playing a little bit of the first one. I feel like we played the second one a lot more over at the neighbor's house. Yeah. I mean, I played the second one way more than I ever played the first one, I think, in general. But in particular, because I didn't play it just at the neighbor's house. I played it with one of my best friends in, like, middle school. She and I would play it, like, obsessively. Mm -hmm. So we played it a ton. So And because, again, the second one, of course, brings in Tales. So you can make it a two-player game, which is why right. it's so much better when you're with other people to play two than one in that sense. Because you could play as two people in the same area and like it was the thing where like tails couldn't die so it was nice and convenient well, he would die he'd just come back he would just come back right yep i also remember being blown away between the first and the second one when the second one came out it had this 3d element where you were kind of running and you saw from like sonic from behind are you you could get you know do you know what i'm talking about like are you the, talking the, about the, the special zones 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The special zones. Where it was, yeah. it was, it was like a, a half pipe that you're running through, and you had to gather all the coins and jump through the yep. over the bombs. And you yeah. got that when you got fifty coins, and then went through a save spot. The little like star rings showed up. Oh, that's up, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rings, son of a gun. It's Sonic Three that had the the collect the balls bonus level, not this one. I was trying to remember that. I don't remember if that was Sonic Three or Sonic One. I think that was Three. I don't know. Do you mean the emeralds where you would go to like the the levels and you were just constantly spinning and it was like a um what do you call it uh, it was like a ball? checkerboard yeah type thing i guess that was where you got the chaos emeralds mm-hmm. yeah and that was that was the first one that was definitely the first one okay Ooh. so it was the first one i was trying to remember it just because i think I'm, I'm guessing the third one whatever the special had to do with uh, knuckles of course so no that was sonic and knuckles which was totally <sighs> different good call yeah, Sonic and Knuckles was the one that had its own game, and then you could plug Sonic 1, 2, or 3 into it and play those games with Knuckles. Yes. My Sonic career ended after 2. <laughs> so, Sonic 1 and 2, I know fairly well. I mean, it's been a very long time, but I know mm-hmm. those games very well. Yep. I think for me, the biggest thing with especially one and two is how much of them merge together in my brain, because I did play so much of both that I, I can't a hundred percent always remember which element is which, except for like big things like tails is of course in two, but like other elements, like I actually, I just barely cheated and looked up because Emerald, uh, Emerald Hill zone, which is the first zone. I wasn't sure if it was the second one, right? Is it the second zone? I thought it was the first zone. What's the first zone? No, no, it's the first zone in the second game. Yes. Yes. But it's in the second, it's in the first game as well. It is? I see. I thought it was. It's the first zone in the first game. And there were like three levels of it. That's Green Hill Zone, I thought, in the first game. It's Green Hill Zone. I'm saying the wrong thing. I meant Green Hill Zone, not Emerald Hill Zone. Ah, see? Yeah. They merge in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they do blend together. Which one had the casino level? I feel like that's the second one, right? Two? The casino level? Yeah. yeah. Again, they're bl- blending together, but I'm positive that in the first one, there was a bit of a casino level. See, that's the whole point of we get to play and find out. That is true. <laughs> we get to find out how wrong we are. Which one was Chemical Zone or whatever? That had some pretty dope Chemical music. Plant Zone? That's, yeah, Chemical that's Plant. One. That's, That's one. Definitely one. Okay, and that, I the, I think that is this is definitely another one of those games that things start blurring together of when did we play it and like of what level is part of what and mm-hmm. you know jumping back and forth and that is kind of the fun part of being able to go back and play them but it also makes me wonder of like God what what memories am I just just merging into my brain yeah. to do this? I again I remember the music being so iconic. Oh, the music was great in Sonic. Yeah. I also remember there was a cheat message, cheat message, cheat code, that you had to start it during the intro, like the introduction graphics. Uh-huh. When he when it's just him and like the ring in the circle. Yeah. You'd start you'd start doing the cheat code and if you did it, it would like you'd hear like a, a, a ring. And oh. then then you had like Either you couldn't die or you got unlimited lives or something. Something mm, like that. That's ringing a bell. 
And I won't lie, that might be one that I use if it's like 99 lives because the live system is... Yes, we know Chris's opinions on the live system. I am so anti-live system. So I know, as I said, Chris and I played with either the neighbor or a friend or each other, to be fair. We played with each other quite a bit on these games. Tom, Mm. did you play, like, what are your memories of when you're actually playing this game? So not just, like, of the game itself, but, like, what do you remember about when you were playing it? You said you were 10 or 11, but did you always play it with a certain friend? Or is it just, since it was your favorite game, just you played it all the time? My brother. Me and my brother played this game a lot. Makes sense. Yeah. So, and so then I who was Sonic cause... and who was Tails? I was always Tails. I'd have to be Tails. Because <laughs> <laughs> he exerted his dominance over me and I, I <laughs> the Tails. No, but sometimes I would play it solo because he was always trying to play like NHL 91, 92. And whenever he wasn't playing like hockey, I'd jump on and play Sonic. That's my jam. I remember it Sonic having kind of a momentum that you didn't necessarily see or feel in other games. Like you had to kind of build up speed. It felt like you were building up speed and you could slow down. And I, I always remember that, like trying to get up to speed felt very real, I guess. Hopefully it'll be better than the awful momentum that was in Mario Brothers. But well, And I think that's the thing, like, you know, once once that like I mentioned, once that muscle memory kicked in, you trusted yourself at those high speeds mm-hmm. because you because you could control it very well. You know how fast you'd have to go to make certain jumps. Right. You trusted the mechanics of it. See, that also reminds me of, of that, as Chris, you were saying, that casino level where there was at one point, it was like the Sonic, it was like what they based Sonic Pinball on, I want to say, because there was that one pinball-ish area where you could use the flippers and, and bounce Sonic around. And I just remember getting stuck there all the time because of the momentum. Because he would keep <laughs> just going, be like, "No, just go down the hole, Sonic. I don't want to be here anymore." <laughs> Quick quiz for you both: Do you know Tails' full name? It's Miles something. Miles. No, I don't remember. What's his last name? Do you remember, Tom? I got nothing. It's Fox. Miles Fox. He is. I. Miles, in quotation, tails. Tails. Per hour, as in per hour. Miles per hour. Ah! So he's Miles per hour. It's the greatest character name ever made. (laughs) It makes Kyle so happy. (laughs) Oh, God. That is right up, producer Kyle Sally. (laughs) Per hour. Oh, no. That's, that's, That's pretty good. That is good. I also remember liking Sonic so much because back in my day, and I'm a little older than y'all, <laughs> we we didn't have multiple systems. You either were a Nintendo person or you were mm-hmm. a Sega person. And having like a character that was almost as strong as like a Mario character, like he was definitely Sega's answer to Mario. Yeah. But he was also like, he wasn't like a cheap imitation like right he yeah was, it he was definitely his own yeah and we we were definitely firmly in the the sega yeah. side of the console war we we only had the sega genesis until way later in life like we didn't get a playstation because that was our second system until much much later so it really was just the genesis for us for as we always said the inception of our gaming lives really i would say yeah 
Sonic was definitely one of those iconic characters. I remember the TV show. Oh, I love the TV Did you watch any TV of the cartoons? Because there was like two cartoons. There was like the super silly one where he liked eating chili dogs. And then they, like there was the serious one where he's like trying to save his dad who was yeah, turned into a late. robot. I want to say the serious one came later. Yeah. I definitely remember the silly one. The chili dogs. I think I remember the silly one. I know we saw the movie last year and didn't hate it. You know, I never saw the movie. I wanted to. We could have to. a movie watch party. That is true. Because I haven't seen it either. One of my coworkers. Robotnik. Yeah, he he seems like a pretty good Dr. Robotnik. Dr. Eggman. Dr. Eggman, whatever. No, I mean, I'm gonna call him. Yeah, I'm going to call Robotnik. him Robotnik. He was in these games. At I'm least in the sure US versions, Robotnik. right? I still remember Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, so. That game was a ton of fun. Also for the we, Sega. We played the heck out of that game. That was like Dr. Mario, but with Sonic. Yeah. I remember Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario was massive. And then the Sonic version was essentially just a complete ripoff. Yeah, no, it absolutely it? was a complete ripoff. So what what differences do we remember? I know we keep talking about getting confused between one and two. I'm trying to think. There were different levels, obviously. Did they add any mechanics? Was the... I tails? think did two... Ta- they added tails. Did two add the... The double jump shield thing? Or was that in three? You remember that in like... It might have been in three. You could that... get like a fire fire shield where you could turn into a fireball. No, that was definitely in two. That you, there was the, the fire shield. And then they had also like the electricity shield in two. Yeah. I think it attracted coins, I want to say. Coins. How dare you? God, I keep doing it. Rings. <laughs> you know, the worst thing is, I'm pretty sure in our Mario episode, I kept calling them rings. You kept calling them rings. Get I your can't... act together over there. God, don't embarrass us. I mean, the, the biggest differences I remember are the specials in particular, the special areas. So the half pipe special versus the like pinball special. Mm-hmm. That definitely stood out because those were how you got the emerald uh, the Chaos Emeralds. Um, yeah. And that was a big thing for me, especially in 2, was that the special was, as as Tom said, in that 3D. And I remember being so blown away by the graphics as a kid. Be like, wow, this looks so amazing. And you, know, you see it, it's really just cheap, yeah. cheesy like 3D animation. But it was just, it blew my mind as a kid. I'm just thinking about anti-asteroids compared to that half pipe. Because I feel like it kind of has the same feel. From Earthworm Jim. Well, there there wasn't that much time between one and two, right? I don't like, think, I think they, so. I think I remember them coming out pretty close to one another. Yeah, I for I feel like for in my brain, our friends had both of them. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, so like yeah, they see, had and both that's when we got the out. Sega. It came with both all of them. Yeah. We had Sonic one, two, three, Sonic and Knuckles all at the exact same time. So we definitely didn't play one without the other, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I feel like I, I the original w- Sonic was harder than Sonic 2. Yes, and I, I want to say that the big thing they added in 2, I might be wrong about this, is the spin, like the, 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 the spin dash that Sonic does. 
I don't think they added it in the first game. I don't. I don't necessarily oh, remember yeah, where that. Oh yeah, you hold. You, you hold. You hold down. Down and C or yeah. And, and you go, you know, I, spin, 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 spin. I don't. You might I don't be right. Think that was in the first game. I think, I think you're was. correct. Was it? I think it was. Ah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, well, this this is why we have to replay them because we don't clearly. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's anything. why this this segment is fun. <laughs> we'll find out how wrong we are and who's right, who gets bragging rights in the main main body. So, so that is great. What was your what what level stands out in your memory between the two games that was your least favorite that you hated playing? I mean, it's the underwater one. It's not even close. Which one though? There's more than one underwater one. I know. I feel like. The second one, because I can't even remember the first one. I don't know. What about you, Tom? I mean, by default, I want to say the underwater one because <laughs> I hated, I hated, you know, drowning. Yeah. But what about the? I think it was the second zone where you're underground and there's fire everywhere and you're just like balancing and the fire is like shooting you up in the air and there's spikes and bats and. All kinds of stuff. So it, it was one of those where you had, it was very tedious. Like you had to jump and wait and jump and wait. And you couldn't just oh, muscle yeah. through it or spin through it or run through it like you want to because you have this fast character. Mm. It was very technical. Yeah. And, and now they're saying it's interesting because, again, that almost breaks everything that the game had taught you up to that point, which is just run, 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 and you'll be fine. And suddenly it's like, wait, but now you have to wait at certain points. I do vaguely remember that and being very frustrated because. Uh, you know, shocking everyone. I, I definitely was absolutely known for my patience while gaming. <laughs> <laughs> and still are? Still known for it, absolutely. I've heard that about you. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's chemical plant zone, mm -hmm. which is an underwater type level. But in particular, there is this one area where you go through and you have to climb these. You won't be able to see this on the podcast, but these these bricks that would be these diagonal bricks that would switch directions of which diagonal they were facing. And so oh, they would, they would, they would be diagonal yeah. and they'd go, they'd go vertical and then diagonal the opposite direction. And you had to time it. So you jump from like multiple sets of those. And I would fall every single time to the bottom and then have run out of air because there was no air pockets there. So basically you had like two shots. And if you didn't get it in your first two shots, you're dead. And it was, miserable every single time. So you're time. saying the incredibly pure platforming part yes. was your least favorite with part. With water. Platforming with water, with water that kills Shocking. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> that one I just always remember. And it, I want to say that was like the second stage of Sonic 2. And so if I was ever playing by myself, I would barely ever get past the second stage. <laughs> I would die on that level every time. Did we ever beat this as kids? I did. I I don't know if I ever did. I remember at least Sonic Two. Again, I think I only yeah. beat Sonic Two because of the Tails element of having someone be invincible, right? And so I could finally beat it. But I've never beaten it as I think like Golden Sonic or whatever. If you get all the Chaos Emeralds, oh, I've never Chaos, gotten yeah. all the Chaos Emeralds. I have a sneaking suspicion that save states are going to be incredibly useful. Yes. What about you, Tom? I, I've beaten both of them. Definitely the first one a lot more than the second. Mm -hmm. Again, I played this game a lot 
And I got to a point where going into like the the final levels, I don't know. I mean, I, I must have had I had so many lives. <laughs> like like I would try to be perfect with this game. Mm-hmm. Like I would try to get every every coin I could, all the secrets, bash through all the walls that weren't, you know, like yeah. So what you're saying is you're better at a video game than the two people who host a video game podcast. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying 30 I, you... years ago when this came out, <laughs> I played this a lot. No, she's she's that's an indictment on us, not you and yeah, the no, slightest, by the way. It's an indictment on us. <laughs> oh, no worries. We'll see we'll see how I do this time. So I think that is a good segue to get our rose tinted scores. So let's start with our guest, Tom. What is your rose-tinted score for this game? So what is your score of what you remember in your memories and how you felt about this game when you originally were playing it? Out of 10. Out of 10, okay. This is probably one of, if not my favorite games of all time. I would say, I don't want to go perfect, so I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Okay. I was going to say, you can go perfect. We've gone perfect, especially in our rose-tinted scores before. Yes, that is true. Okay, so 9 out of 10 for Tom. Uh, what about you, Katie? What is your rose-tinted score for this? I have to agree. It was probably one of my favorite games on the Sega. Not my very favorite. I think that does go back to Gunstar Heroes as one of my as my like very favorite Sega game. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was one of my favorites. It was a go-to. We played it all the time. So I have to give it probably, yeah, a 9 out of 10. I have to agree. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, and and to wrap things up, Chris, what about you? Are you going to jump on the nine out of ten bandwagon, or are you going to disrupt the train? I am absolutely going to not jump on that bandwagon, <laughs> but not by much. I, I'd probably go. I'm going to say an eight and a half because I do remember being frustrated by it and remember not really beating it. I remember playing the first couple levels a ton, but not necessarily more than that, whether it be through patience or lack of ability. But I do remember it fondly, so I, I'm I'm going to go an, an eight and a half out of ten. Nice. So, Tom, when you go back and play it again, what do you think your score will be? I mean, I'm real rusty. Like, I'm extremely rusty. That's so fair. I'm, gonna, I'm hoping I I I like it seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Because because again, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm remembering it. Right, based on playing it so much and getting really good at it. That's that's absolutely so, fair. So like so like the satisfaction was absolutely there, but mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll so see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> even though we I've not played this in a long time. <laughs> even though we merge these games a lot in our memories, I'm gonna actually be mean and push you and give Ooh. two scores: one for Sonic One and one for Sonic Two. For projected. For projected. Not for Rose, okay. because it's hard for Rose, but for projected, yeah. I'm going to push for two scores. So you can give them both the same projected score, but I'm going to require you think about it in two different games. I'm mean. So I'm going to say for Sonic 1, I'll go 7 out of 10. For Sonic 2, that I'm really forgetting forgetting how this game even looks, like because it's so bleeding yeah. together. Everything's bleeding yeah. together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to go 5 out of 10 for Sonic 2. Ooh. I like it. Yes. Not the score, but I like that you're taking a risk. I think Chris and I are scared to give low scores because we feel guilty. That definitely started happening. (laughs) To be fair, the one time we did give low scores, and we've been yelled at by people online for that. (laughs) 
What did we? Was that Echo? No, well, no, Final Fantasy, and John was like, that's my favorite game, and we were like, We We crushed Final Fantasy 1 and 2, and made a lot of people mad. (laughs) Okay. The only thing I can remember from the second one is the the special levels. Like, that's the only Mm. thing I can picture in my head. I have no idea what to expect. I know it's very similar, but I have no idea what to expect. Fair enough. Okay, then, Chris, what are your two scores for Sonic 1 and Sonic 2? I'm going to go with a projected score of a 7 for the first one, and I think an 8 for the second one. Because in my brain, the second one was slightly easier, and I don't know if that was a co-op thing, which means I might have to get producer Lisa in on this. Which I don't think she'll hate, because if she's playing Tales, there's no consequence. Exactly. I have played both of these games before. I did own a Sega Genesis. I know calling you out i know she does that <laughs> it's her job I, that's true so katie what are your projected scores yeah i think i'm going to be very similar to yours i'm going to give a 7 out of 10 for sonic 1 and i'm going to give i want to say an 8 out of 10 for sonic 2 because i know i played sonic 2 a lot more so i know my muscle memory is going to be a lot better for sonic 2 so I have a feeling that game's going to be easier for me, and therefore I'm going to like it better. And it's it's not fair. It's fair. But it's, I think, going to be true. Now, I was like Tom. I played pretty much only as Tails, so it's going to be very different (laughs) as Sonic. But I will try my best. So, yeah, I'm going to go 7 out of 10 Sonic 1, 8 out of 10 Sonic 2. Maybe we're being generous. I don't really care. I'm really looking forward to playing these games again because I I really loved the Sonic series. I, I still do, and I, it hurts me what they've done to him. <laughs> Look what they've done to my boy. It it is yeah a shame, but yes, it's it, I'm looking forward to it. I've I've maybe played a tiny tiny bit when we got that Sega Mini, but mm-hmm. I've desperately tried not to play this game before we got there. So, so as we say with lots of these, for it'll our, be good. Uh, one year anniversary. Yeah. So I think that means it's time to go back to the present to celebrate the one year anniversary of our podcast and talk more about Sonic 1 and Saga. The fuck's sake. <laughs> Leave that in. Leave You're that so in. close. I was so close. <laughs> okay. So I think that means it's time to head back to the present, back to the one year anniversary of the podcast to talk about Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. So let's play that Chiacarina of time. Let's go. I was waiting for you to do Let's Go or something and just be rude and bring a bring a Mario thing. Yeah. <laughs> So the beautiful, lovely Chiacarina of Time brings us back into the present, back to talk about the games. So Chris, tell me a little bit about Sonic the Hedgehog. So in Sonic 1, in an attempt to steal the six Chaos Emeralds and harness their power, the evil Dr. Evo Robotnik has trapped the animal inhabitants of South Island inside aggressive robots and stationary metal capsules. Can we mention the fact I had no idea his first name was Ivo, Evo, whatever? Me neither. Yeah, I might have read that somewhere. So, over the course of the game, you are Sonic, who wants to halt Robotnik by freeing all of his animal friends and maybe finding the Chaos Emeralds and essentially blow up Dr. Robotnik's machines everywhere. 
That's it. I think it's interesting in Sonic 1, if you do not collect all of the emeralds, you actually get a different ending where Robotnik shows you the emeralds you don't have and laughs in your face. Oh, as as good, good old school games did. Absolutely punished you if you didn't get all of the secrets. I had no idea. <laughs> I don't think I've ever collected all of them, so I didn't know I was there gonna was, say, was that a, Was that a humble brag or a not beat the game brag? I never didn't get them all. <laughs> I'm one of those things and not the good one. I used to be really good at this game. <laughs> so I'm going to assume most people kind of know how Sonic works. It's platformer. Go left, go right. There's literally one button. Jump. I mean, there's three buttons, but they all do the same thing, and it's jump. One big thing in this was that there's kind of significantly more momentum, I think, than other than other platformers have had at the time. You know, you're doing lots of ramps, loops, stuff like that. Jump to make a ball. That's how you hurt people. If you're not in a ball hurt and run into something, you will lose all of your rings. So rings are the coins from Mario, even if Katie keeps calling them coins to be fair in mario i kept calling them rings so i just i know i don't understand it my brain is broken so unlike mario uh if you run into something you lose all your rings and they fly everywhere and you have a small window to try to collect as many back as possible and not all of them show back up on the screen yeah it's not necessarily they disappear pretty quick so it's not like a mushroom or anything like that collect rings if you get hit, you lose them. If you get hit and have zero rings, you die. Mm -hmm. You could get extra lives and continues by getting, I think, 100 rings. Yeah. Yes. And then points at the end of the game, end of the zone, will give you lives continues. or continues. Mm -hmm. And if you collect 50 rings over the course of a zone, a big ring will show up at the end. And if you jump through it, before your momentum carries you off the screen, you go to a bonus level, which is how you get the Chaos Emeralds. And Tom was completely correct in the Rose uh, section of what the bonus level end in Sonic 1, yes. which is the maze tilt-a-whirl type thing that you shift. That had like the weird like carnival-y music? Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Because, yeah, I feel like, Katie, you and I were both thinking of the Sonic 3 bonus levels we were when we were like oh spinning around and yeah tom you said spinning around and then after we played it it's like oh yeah that's what he was talking that's about. what tom meant <laughs> chris did call out the like pinballing element from the three at least described it right oh yeah but i was still thinking about sonic three because that's where you have the bl blue balls that you turn red yeah. but that's sonic three versus in this one it's you get the whole world is tilting around you and it's not as 3d it's 2d in that sense the other thing uh, is there's no spin dash in Sonic 1, which I called out and was correct about. There is no spin dash. You can you can turn into a ball to attack enemies, but there's no, like, stay in place and speed up really quick. Which was weird. I forgot about that. That that didn't yeah. exist in Sonic 1. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're trying to do it. You're like, what? No! <laughs> it, it feels like such a core mechanic in later yeah. games, obviously, that not having it in Sonic 1 was like, why can't I do this? I like this note. Music lit. That's, that's not really a, a plot or mechanic note. No, the music is lit. It's true, though. That's true. The soundtrack is fire. 
All right, let's talk about the plot and mechanics of Sonic 2 real quick, because it's going to be really hard to have a real discussion about these games without mixing the two of them, because we played them so close together. Yes. So, Katie, tell us a little bit about the basics of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So, Sonic is back to fight Dr. Robotnik once again. Uh, He's trying to grab the Chaos Emeralds, and a robot army is helping him. In this particular version he has constructed an armor space station the death egg which is supposed to be an allusion to the death star hilarious shocked Um, we're on the west side of the island this time and you have best friend tails along with you and tails can fly tails is a pilot i mean tails can fly in general but he's also a pilot (laughs) double flying yes so then because then we take his plane to the death egg and then that's where we have to beat Robotnik is on the death egg it then ends up falling from orbit and Sonic is rescued by Tails at the end in this case though Hooray. you can actually beat the game just beat it without having all of the chaos emeralds it you mm-hmm. can just beat the game however if you do get all the chaos emeralds you become super Sonic and then you can fly which is like super saiyan Sonic it's basically super saiyan Sonic because he turns gold <laughs> <laughs> Which I had no idea that that was an actual thing. Oh, yeah. I, I've only, I want to say as a kid, I only accomplished it like once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took a lot of effort. Yeah. Added mechanics in this game were, of course, the spin dash was added in this game. Again, very, very now a staple of Sonic, but this is the first game you had it. So you actually hit the down button and then you press uh, B, I believe, over and over again. You get spinning to build up momentum. Any, any button. Any button. Because it's still the same mechanics, left, right, up, down, Yep. jump, jump, jump. Special zone, instead of being at the end of the level, you get it mid-level when you go through the checkpoints. You have to, if you have 50 rings, you have to jump through this little star circle that appears over the checkpoints. And then it's this like tunnel, like half pipe thing that you go through to collect coins. I would maintain it's a full pipe. Uh, Why is it a full pipe? (laughs) Because it's all the way around. Yeah, you can go all the way around the ceiling even. The pipe isn't there, but you do go in a circle. Well, yes, you could go over the top. It's not a half pipe because the entire thing is there. It's a whole pipe. (laughs) So, that is a different special special area in this game. Uh, Again, you have Tails throughout the whole game. It is a playable character, so you can actually have a second player come and play as Tails. They can die as many times as they want and always come back which I find very convenient and super cheaty. But it's really easy to leave him behind. Super easy to leave him behind. Did all the time. My note on this one for the music is it's iconic because it was. It was so good. Mm. We've gone over the basics. These are games that I think most people, I won't say everyone, most people know at least a little bit about Sonic. We, we, we've we talked about in a couple other episodes about cultural touch points and, and the like games that stand out. This is one of them. This is a game that at least everyone has some sort of knowledge of the characters of Sonic and Tails. It's just, it's part of culture at this point, I would say, especially as they mm-hmm. now live on in the Nintendo world, as much as that breaks my heart a little bit, that they're not their own <laughs> thing anymore. Um, but Sega kind of did that to themselves. That's a well, completely I was different gonna podcast. say Sega does not have a console anymore. So, so let's actually get into our feelings and our thoughts. We we are kind of bundling together Sonic and Sonic Two, just because we played them so close together. But it's also hard to kind of talk about them without comparing them to one another. I'm gonna say that uh, uh, using another trope, uh, the the trope is putting on the beard, which is the opposite of jumping the shark. So, or sorry, 
growing the beard, which is an allusion to Star Trek when Commander Riker grew a beard. And people and liked that's, it better. That's, well, that's like right around when the show got good and kind of found its legs. Sonic 2 was really when the series found its legs. Like, it, it made so many good changes. And it it's funny because you don't think about them until you go back and play Sonic yeah. 1. So I know we talked about this in the rows a little bit, but I think it confirmed it when we started playing through the games again. Tom, you played way more of Sonic 1 than Sonic 2, if I remember correctly. I did. Yeah, I definitely did growing up. But when I was playing back through Sonic 2, the muscle memory came back real quick. And I remembered a lot about it pretty much immediately. Mm. And it was weird because it was definitely like a graduation between Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 because... I died so many times replaying Sonic 1. <laughs> I don't know if it was just if it was me or if it was less responsive, but I feel like they made improvements to the mechanics so much that the characters like Sonic responded to what you were doing, like how you were playing. Yeah. Like faster, like it was yeah. just it was just more more in sync. Yeah, I felt too just felt more it flowed better like you're saying i found that funny enough was i know i played sonic 2 way more than i played sonic 1 and and going i definitely back played and, sonic 2 more than sonic yeah, 1 looking, going back and yeah, replaying it and i remembered a little bit of sonic 1 i remembered so much more of sonic 2 that muscle memory came yeah. back like you said tom so much faster in 2 than it did in 1 i also found though one i found out punished me more for just blazing ahead than two did absolutely I, which i found really funny because again the whole thing was built to go fast but i found out yeah. like, there were more times when one wanted me to take a moment slow down jump up yeah. or jump to the side or do things that slowed me down and it actually punished me more for trying to just speed through a level than two it just felt so much more natural to just be like just go just go it's okay if you miss this area just go and you'll be fine and I felt like it rewarded you more for that than one did, which is really interesting, again, because of the fact that the game was designed to be fast. Both of them yeah. were. The The difference in level design is striking in that sense, because Sonic, the original Sonic felt like so much more of a pure platformer, as I said earlier in the episode. It was, you'd have to stop, wait, jump, go back a little bit, jump. As opposed to Sonic 2 had big, big sections where you would just go and go and go and go. It, it was very interesting. It was very frustrating is what it was. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some some of those levels where you're just you're sitting on the block in the lava and it's just slowly going. And then you just jump over <laughs> yeah. this other thing and then you're teetering oh. on the side. Like yeah. when every everything, every fiber you're being, you just want to go. But you, yeah. but you can't, so it kind of forces you, like you've said, to just take a pause. And then when you can go, you make a dumb mistake because it's like a slingshot and you, yeah. you want to go real fast. <laughs> and, then I, and then I hit a, a spike or something. Yeah. Both of these games loved throwing you into enemies yeah. or spikes unless you reacted perfectly. Yeah. Like, this is definitely one of those, both of these games were, were easy to learn incredibly hard to master like yeah. you had to memorize the runs to get them or you would just die constantly so it's so funny i think this is almost 
the specials were almost indicative of this as well because in the special level of one, you had to often wait on corners as the whole world continued to turn yeah. so you could hit the exact right part. So it was waiting game. It was timing game. Whereas literally, while you're not controlling it, you don't stop moving into special levels. You are literally on a rail to go forward constantly. And that's, again, mm-hmm. I think it just, that's telling of both games at one's like, sometimes you need to be patient and wait. And the other one's like, just go! <laughs> <laughs> And poor Tails, like, he would always lag behind, or depending on when you jumped, and he he's basically mimicking what you do, yeah. when he yeah. comes down, he's absolutely hitting the, the cannonballs the or something, like, or all like, the yeah. time. All the time. So this is this is where Tails drove me nuts, is when you don't have someone controlling Tails, he was so useless. And that's where I see the reviewer's points. If you're playing by yourself, he actually was detrimental in the special levels, because he'd run into the bombs and lose you all your rings, and you're like, damn it! tails but <laughs> you know and he didn't really help you he also stole my air bubbles multiple times <laughs> stole your air bubbles oh he i hate stole that my air bubbles which then of course induced the awful music of da, 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 right. da, and i wanted to cry uh <laughs> but if you had someone playing as tails it was so much easier to get through those special levels because you had someone else gathering mm-hmm. coins so you could be like you take the left i take the right gathering what rings yeah hit the counter <laughs> so you had someone else helping you with the rings but for especially Nintendo for Nintendo is winning damn it <laughs> especially no but again the number of times on the Super Mario episode I said you rings. called them rings I all don't the time. get it um, so the number of it, or so having a second player though in the boss areas with Tails meant oh yeah Sonic can just hide and Tails do all the hard work and it was so much better. Mm. I was always Tails growing up. I always played second player, so that's the character I got familiar with and was like, oh, I'm just gonna be the one who just hits Robotnik and that's my only job. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at least once during your stream you like had to stop to get Kyle to pick up oh. the controller. So during the special area, I was like, Kyle, just grab the controller and avoid the bombs. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to be helpful. I'm like, you're going to be better than the AI. Can we talk about the bosses? Yes, let's yes. talk about the bosses. They're the easiest bosses, like, across the board. And yeah, it was almost to the point where, like, he wouldn't even be able to do one of his actions or shoot you with something before you've already hit him mm-hmm. six, like six times or whatever. So it also took not a rule of three did not work in yeah, these. Yeah, not which rule is of three. Thing. But B, <laughs> I, I feel like it'd be different times. He would have different amount of times you needed to hit him. Like it wasn't consistent even yeah. in the game itself. Sometimes it was six. Sometimes it was like eight. I don't know. Well, why. there was one. I forget if it was. It was one of the under level ones where you didn't even have to hit him at all. Like essentially, you just followed him up the water the water was rising and you're following him and then like you get to the top and then he just kind of like pieces out and you win the stage (laughs) so it's like did did i just beat the boss by not beating him the bosses weren't hard that's correct they were funny they were fun and you know he had his little pod which is always exciting and i do remember in sonic 2 there's one level in the chemical plant zone that once you beat him, the the course that you're on, there's still gaps in the floor that, like, turn constantly. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And you can absolutely die in those gaps after he dies. So you can absolutely lose after you beat him. <laughs> and yes, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? 
You know what I forgot about? I forgot about Mech Sonic as like a a second to last boss Ooh, yeah. in in the end of Sonic Two. Mm-hmm. I forgot like, about that. You have the, the the mechanical hedgehog you fight. I for, I forgot yeah. about that completely. I won't lie. Did not finish either of these games because I really wanted to, but that's that's not a because. But I did not. I got uh, about three quarters of the way through both of them. So yeah, I I think I only got like halfway through one, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And I went to two, and actually. Again, I always played second player, so I was like, we're, we're mm-hmm. going to try two as Sonic. And I actually got to the second to last level w- without any, like, save scumming, without anything. I literally got through the whole second to last level with using just my lives and continues before I finally ran out. And I was, not going to lie, really impressed with myself. I was like, wow, I'm better at this <laughs> than I thought. Uh, I didn't end up having time to finish it. I, th- I think I could have if I just kept grinding at it, but I also, yeah. I, I also, this is a game I just like replaying some of the levels, so I wasn't heartbroken to be like, you know what, I'm just going to start over again and start right. from the beginning because I want to play the early levels again because I love the early levels. I love all the levels mostly, but I, I especially know the earlier levels so much better because that's, because I wasn't great, I would replay those early levels over and over again. Yeah. And so those are what stuck out in my memories were those very, very early levels. Getting those later levels, I was confident in the skills, less confident where I was going. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, the kind of middle levels of Sonic 2, like the 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 pinball one, is uh-huh. one of my favorite levels. Oh, yeah. They just, it's so creative, and all of the things, like all of the different ways you can interact and... The casino? You know, the yeah, the casino level. Yeah. Um, Promoting are, gambling to children. It's <laughs> really cool. I mean, we're pretty sure that that's where Sonic Spinball came from, so... Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was so, so different. It's funny like, you say that, and the, the casino music immediately popped in my head. Like, dun, yeah. dun, 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 Well, that was my thought when we talked about the bonus level for for Sonic 2 as well. Like, that's the, it just, again, the music plays such a great part in both the games of, like, you hear it, and you just, it brings you back, and it brings you in of these games of, like, they, they, the, the notes that I wrote of being lit or iconic were kind of jokes, but it's true. They're just no, such it's absolutely songs true. that made these bright, beautiful, colorful levels stand out even more. And it's weird. It's weird that you said Sonic 1 came out in 91 and 2 came out in 92. Mm-hmm. Because the upgrade on just the animation and the different um, mm-hmm. mannerisms of Sonic, like... Like, if you think about in the first one, when he's kind of teetering on the edge, he does that little one-legged, like you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's more of, like, 2D. And then in the second one, it's more of 3D. Like, they just changed his posture. And there's little, like, little things like that between one and two that you're like, man, did they step up their game. I remember as a kid showing a friend who came over to play and being like, look at the special levels in Sonic 2 and that being 3D graphics because it was like the 3D polygons and being like, isn't this the most amazing thing ever? And it looks so amazing. And it's so cheesy now, (laughs) but I'm like, at the time I was like, this is like mind blowing. It's in 3D. (laughs) I would definitely argue that Sonic 2 holds up today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Sonic 1's a little... A little pixely, not too much, but a little yeah. pixely. But Sonic, I mean, they really improved it 
in the second they one. Did. They did. And and just the design of two is so much more approachable. Like one is the design is pretty good. It's just incredibly unforgiving. Yeah. Like a lot of those games at the time. And two again, like so like five levels in in Sonic One, I think I had like three lives left. And like five levels in in Sonic Zones Two, I had like in. eight whatever. Yeah. No. Yes, because so, it's zones and stages. Yeah. yeah. Five zones into to Sonic Two. And I've got like eight lives and three like continues two, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I think they lowered the threshold for the points for a continue. Or maybe I think you could only get continues. Distinctly in, possible. It I continues might have only been available in the bonus levels of one. So that oh, might have been another reason as well. Because um, I think that's the only time I remember getting continues is in the bonus levels. So it just, it again, made the game less harsh. It was more playable. It gave you more chances. And I don't know. I, Sonic 2, I think that's why it stands out as the more, like, the mm-hmm. game of the almost franchise, even. Because yeah. of what it stood up for. And it stood the test of time, as you said. I think I going back to it, I didn't feel like, oh, gosh, this didn't live up to what I remember. It was still like, oh, it's Sonic. Like, it was still yeah. at that level for me. I, I did watch a few... Um playthroughs on youtube just to kind of remind myself of different like secrets Mm -hmm. um because there are definitely like different places where you could jump and you'd pass through a wall and find different things um and i'm i'm a huge cheater so i I wanted to see where those (laughs) were but i i don't think i'd ever obtained all of the infinity stones are they infinity stones um (laughs) several that's it you've been watching too many marvel movies yes i have um, I don't think I'd ever gotten them all in Sonic 2, so I had no idea that Supersonic was even a thing. Uh-huh. Like, ever. But he only, he only comes, I don't think he... It's you, only the last level. It's only the very last level, and I don't think he adds very much other than being gold. Yeah. I would disagree, because <laughs> uh, the, the playthrough that I watched, they got all of the em- uh, Chaos Emeralds Within like the first three levels of the oh, game, so he was gold the whole time. So, so there's a new box. Huh. So basically, there's a new box that you can find, just like you find the little orb or yeah. like the Ooh. the shoes. Like if you hit this box, it was like a like a yellow circle, and then you mm. turn into supersonic. Wow! Clearly, I didn't get the emeralds till the end of the game. Whenever I played, yeah. <laughs> and I only saw this because I, I watched the YouTube thing. But I was like, oh. Okay, and then basically you're flying, you're invincible, like you can stand oh. on spikes, you can stand in fire, like Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, you, I might have so I might You have cannot that. die. That's true. So we we didn't we didn't mention this. Within both games, you have boxes you can pick up throughout the levels. Right. There is the ring box that gets you ten rings. There is the shield box that is a one hit extra protection shield. Which I absolutely remember the noise wow. of yeah i think we lane. did too in the, in the rows yeah you can just wow. there's the stars that make you invincible temporarily and that's in both games they didn't actually add in any yeah. oh and the shoes there were shoes that would make you run faster which i actually actively avoided because running faster wasn't <laughs> always a good thing for me because then i'd just lose control and it sped up the music it which was really weird music. when it back to regular tempo because the regular tempo just sounded really, really slow for about <laughs> ten seconds. Oh, like, yeah. oh, this is uncomfortable. So these are those are power ups that were consistent between the two games. There are power ups that come in later games, and I was I was talking about like I remember in later games there's a bubble power up, so you can't lose air underwater, which was glorious. 
yeah. uh, that comes in Sonic 3. Same with the fireball and There's lightning. There's the fireball and, and lightning, which attracted yeah. coin, uh, rings. Aha! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I find it really interesting that they didn't actually evolve the power-ups between 1 and 2. They didn't feel a need to. Uh, and I think that's relatively true. I don't think there was a real big need to add those extra power-ups. No. Uh, I will note, again, the underwater levels with the stress music. I still remember all of them and how stressful it was. Yeah, you need to get a bubble of air. Tails can absolutely steal it from you, the jerk. And the, those were what always, those were the levels that stressed me out greater than any other level was just being underwater and possibly drowning. Or or when you had to like climb really fast and you had to jump from yes. you know, place to place and the water was rising. And- As the water was rising. Which Katie absolutely remembered that level. Yeah, the chemical plant zone. Yeah. I knew the exact situation that I died <laughs> all the time. Well, as soon as as soon as we played it in the twenty five hour four hour stream, I was like, Oh yeah, this. This <laughs> the pink ooze slowly ticking up around you. I will say there's one mechanic in it's not really a mechanic, it's a feature of a zone in Sonic Two that I annoyed me was in um in casino night where it was like the weird spinning cylinder where you stood yeah. on it and it started going up and down mm-hmm. and you're just like oh this is weird it's just going up and down you jump off and whatever the way you get that to work is you have to stay on it and it yeah. just up and down and up and down and further and back yeah. And it's so counterintuitive to the rest of the game. Yeah, like it's kind of a throwback to like the first game where it's like just stand here for a bunch. If if I remember correctly, it's not even that you stand on it; it's you have to hit up and down on the controller, and that's how you start going up and down. I I don't think that's actually true. It's always what it felt like. You're not talking about the one, which which is just a giant screw, right? No, not the screw. No, not the screw, because the screw you actually had to, like, run back and forth. Yeah. This was just a thing that you stood yeah, on. Yeah, it was this, like, rotating cylinder that was, like, red and white. I did really appreciate the level design in the sense that it reminded me a lot of Vector Man. In the, yeah. it was a lot of forward and backwards and up and backwards. Like, you never knew which way you were actually supposed to go. Like, it did there a pretty good times. job of, of signposting it. Yeah. But... You were going backwards. It also plays into replayability of you can play some of those levels. Some of the Absolutely. levels were much much more linear, but some of yeah. them had a lot of different routes you could go to figure out how to get to the ending, which was also yeah. a really fun element. Like you're passing stuff. You're like, where does that go? Yeah, yeah exactly. Where did that come from? I thought the first level of Sonic 2 was a very good... Throwback? I was going to say tutorial without telling you it's a tutorial because it was... Very forgiving. It had a lot of the elements that you need for the rest of the game. It had very obvious secrets yeah. that you could run into. It wasn't very... If you, like, fell off of something, often there would be something to catch you. I thought it was a great way... It had all of the boxes, different types of boxes spread out. And it was just a really good tutorial without holding your hand. I don't know. It was. I thought that was pretty neat going back and playing through it again. Yeah, I was trying to think of my favorite level. Oh, good point. It definitely wasn't anything to do with water. <laughs> oh, God. I really like I like the one when there's any kind of tubes that you would you would yeah. kind of break into and then you'd go and it would shoot you all around and I thought that was It's it's like you got a good tour of the level. Yeah. It was it was a nice way for them to show you all this other stuff that was going on, yeah. So 
I have a question for both of you. Do you have a most hated enemy that you ran into? Yes. The purple caterpillar with spikes oh, on his back. Thank Those you. were the worst. Thank you. Those are the absolute ah. worst in number one. <laughs> hated it. Because if you don't hit them on the exact right spot on the head, yep. they hurt you. Even if you'd think you'd be able to jump anywhere. Yeah. Because they, they, they break apart if you don't hit them in the right spot and they could still yeah. kill you. Do you want to know what they're called? Yes, please. Yes. Catakiller. Yeah. Oh my god. I found god. a new band name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, the exploding starfish also were a big I was going to bring bed. that up as well because there's nothing you could they were just in the walls. Yeah. And would explode in spikes in five different directions and yep. you couldn't see them half the time. I think those showed up in two, not in one. Those those possibly. were in two. Yeah. Because I called them star use. Yes, you did call because them Because that's star also the level with the weird things that look like scythers, too. It was like, all yeah. the Pokemon are in this level. So many Pokemon. Don't catch any of them. Don't, <laughs> Don't catch, catch them. any of them. They kill you. But yeah, no, that, that stupid, the Caterpie, Caterpillar, Caterkiller, whatever <laughs> it is, was the worst. Hated him. Caterpie. <laughs> well, we're going with... We're going <laughs> no, with that's true. Pokemon. <laughs> but again, they're very creative because Oh yeah. Essentially all of the all of the bad guys were, you know, flavors of that kind or they mm. shot you or you know what but they always kept something new and fresh in every single yeah. level. Yeah. And you know there were some consistent enemies between the two games, but mostly it was almost all brand new enemies, which is also really fun. And there were some really cool looking ones and the little animals that pop out when you like break yeah. them open is always exciting. Like, and then you free all the animals and that's always good. We always joked about that. Cause it was the one level where you like free the animals and it's like a seal that immediately starts hopping away through lava. Like, through lava. Like, oh, it's a fireproof seal. Apparently. <laughs> Why didn't you do this sooner? Seal. <laughs> I remember sometimes the, the enemies were kind of random because there was one, it was like the oil level or whatever in the uh -huh. second game, and there was like a flying seahorse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, why is that here? Attacked by a seahorse. Why? <laughs> so overall, I, I will pose a question to you, Tom. How did it feel to go back to a game that you grew up with and play it again? Good. Like, I used to be so good at Sonic and Sonic 2. <laughs> <laughs> and it took a while for the muscle memory to come back but when it did mm. like it was just like a rush of i knew these levels like they were buried deep in my my psyche and they mm. all just came rushing back and i remembered everything i remembered how to get to the special places i remember you know and i tried to clear every level get every ring um coin if you will <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to be perfect and I used to be that way when I was younger. I, I used to be able to do these levels perfectly. Um, and that took a while to get back, but like, you, I mean, if you know me, you know, I'm, I, I run on nostalgia. So this was, this was awesome to play through again. I forgot how beautiful Sonic 2 was. It is really oh, yeah. pretty. The colors, it's so colorful and bright. And even in the quote unquote dark levels, it just still had these beautiful pops of color everywhere, which I just, I really enjoyed. I think that's mm -hmm. a great point. The color palettes were really good everywhere too. Like just the, the mixture of the colors for each one. Like you had the purples and the greens together a lot. And yeah. 
It it was just a gorgeous game. It felt really good. It took that really good momentum from the first game and just kind of improved on it a little bit and added a, a you know a couple tweaks here and there with with gameplay additions that just made it flow so much better. I thought, but it's just fun to play. So I think we're at that time. I think we need scores. Yes. So we'll start with Sonic One, and we'll start with our guest Tom. Out of ten, what would you give Sonic One? I gotta go nine out of ten, just because I'm reserving ten for absolutely perfect. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, nine out of ten. God. Like producer Kyle. <laughs> what about you, Katie? What is your score for Sonic One? Uh now I feel really harsh after he says that. I'm probably <laughs> I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna get a seven and a half. Just because there were so many frustrating elements. I really ran into so many times that I just I wanted to stop playing because I was like, no, I'm just mm-hmm. I suck. I just want to replay the first level over and over again because that's all I'm good at. And so while that's fun, it was really frustrating at times that it felt like progress was almost denied to me because I, I just wasn't getting there. And then I was never going to figure out the bonus levels. Producer Kyle, who clearly played Sonic 1 way more as a kid than I did, got him down really easily. I could not for the life of me get them. So <laughs> I, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. What about you, Chris? Let's round it out. What's your uh, Sonic 1 score? He gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Yes, you I, gave it a seven out of, I, I yeah. gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Because because I was gonna say I'm I'm gonna be even more harsh and give it a seven. Only because I liked it, but I it was again, as you said, I always wanted to keep going back to play Sonic 2. This is this is completely unfair to the original Sonic playing these back to back. But compared to Sonic 2. I thought Sonic was was frustrating. I thought it was fun, but... You say that, but we always say that these scores should be a reflection of later games in comparison. That is true. And Sonic was the more modern game in comparison. Sonic 2 was the more modern game in comparison. So I think it's not as unfair as you think. That's that's true. So, again, I enjoyed it, but it, it it doesn't hold up nearly as well as Sonic 2 does. So then we'll go backwards, Chris. What do you give Sonic 2? I'm going to give Sonic 2 an 8.5 because I thought the the levels were designed smoothly and well and it just made those little tweaks here and there to the mechanics, as I said, to just make it a lot more uh, instinctual almost. Like it, it felt like it flowed and you could get into a rhythm a lot easier. So 8.5. What about you, Katie? I'm I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I just, it's a replayable game. I want to keep going back to it over and over again. I really loved it. I liked the two-player mode. We didn't do it so much on this time around, but I remember having fun racing uh, a friend on the two-player mode. So I had a lot of fun with that. I loved the game. I love the music, the colors, everything. It flows so much better. And it's something I, you can go back to over and over again. I think it, it is stood up to the test of time so well. And I just, I love that game. And that's why to be fair, Sonic Mania, which was much more reminiscent of Sonic 2 and Sonic 3, is an amazing game as well. Mm-hmm. So to round it out, Tom, what do you give Sonic 2? Um, nine and a half out of 10. And pretty much everything Chris said, thinking about it, they designed a game that was so conducive to the main character's you know, ability to move fast. Like, mm-hmm. 
like they designed all of the landscapes and everything and how everything fl- flows together the enemy like everything about it um you know supported that sonic was a fast moving main character you know mm-hmm. um everything about it is beautiful the music is beautiful they the fact that they improved it that much from within a year is incredible yeah um because it really is. because you got to know the you got to know sonic and then they made him fresh a year later. It was a very and fresh it being experience. Essentially a different studio. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. they had they like, used some of the same people, but it was officially a different yeah. studio. So let's do our score recaps. I gave a rose score in general of a nine out of ten, but my predicted scores were a seven out of ten for Sonic and an eight out of ten for Sonic Two. My End scores ended up being a 7.5 out of 10 for Sonic and a 9 out of 10 for Sonic 2. For Tom, we had a 9 out of 10 Rose score for both games, a predicted 7 out of 10 for Sonic 1, and 5 out of 10 for Sonic 2. Tom was really mean, apparently. I think he didn't remember a lot. I think he didn't remember a lot because his final scores... For the Sonic games ended up being a 9 out of 10 for Sonic 1 and a 9.5 out of 10 for Sonic 2. Finally, to wrap things up, Chris gave a Rose score of 8.5 out of 10. His Sonic 1 prediction was a 7 out of 10. His Sonic 2 prediction was an 8 out of 10. His final scores were a 7 out of 10 for Sonic and an 8.5 out of 10 for Sonic 2. So lots of numbers, lots of scores. Basically, overall... We liked the game better than we predicted. Yes. And we liked the games a bunch. And generally. Tom actually remembered the game once he played it so he could give better scores. Yes. <laughs> I think from what we've said overall, we would all definitely recommend going back and playing these games if you have a chance. Sonic 1 as well as Sonic 2, but definitely Sonic oh, yeah. 2. Go play some Sonic. And not the new so ones. So easy to get. Yeah. I mean, it's the, so- the Sega Mini is still out there. It, it's also available on Steam. It's available a bunch of yeah. different places. Get the original Sonics. Get Sonic Mania. That's a great way of playing some new levels. If you loved Sonic and you want new levels, go to Sonic Mania. It's definitely reminiscent of the early games and is a perfect throwback to them. So we're going to take this moment to once again thank our special guest for our one year anniversary. So thank you so much, Tom, for joining us on this episode and talking about Big thanks. one of our favorite games growing up of Sonic and Sonic 2. Once again, Tom is a part of the great podcast Will Run For. It is for runners of all types, whether you run, run, walk, or just walk. It's for everyone. It honestly is a great podcast to just listen to. It's a bunch of friends who chat about what inspires them to get moving and i think that's something everyone could use find it on your podcast platform of choice but really thank you so much tom for joining us thank you tom thanks for having me guys this was a lot of fun we wanted to make it happen for a while i'm glad we could we could have it happen on on the one year anniversary. so that was that was really cool and really neat i feel very special i i will say you will also find uh, some guest starring roles from our favorite podcasters on this podcast because both Chris and producer Lisa have their Inside the Runner Studios episodes out over on the Will Run For, so you can hear about why they run. So it's also fun there, too. Again, I'm going to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. It's been a great year that we've been doing this. We've been having so much fun, uh, and we really appreciate everyone who's interacted us with us in any way or capacity. 
Um, there is going to be a slight change in schedule for at least a little bit uh, just to accommodate summer plans. So we're going to once a month for the next two months. So the next episode will be coming out a month from today as opposed to two weeks from today. So it'll be yes. every four weeks and not every two weeks. But we are going to be still streaming. We're still going to be covering games. We're still around. We're just spreading out the podcast episodes for a little bit. So we have a little bit more time for editing and to accommodate summer travel. And we're just tired. We're, I don't want to say we're getting burned out because we're not getting burned out. It's just the world is slightly reopening again. And unfortunately, we don't have the time to just sit on the couch five days a week and play video games we want to dedicate we still want to dedicate a, a good chunk of time to these games we want to give these games their due so we're just going to give yeah. them a little bit more time to get their due we will be back we're not going anywhere still we're just taking a little bit of no. a summer kind of reprieve to actually catch up on some games as well and maybe get some more games in there so we have a bit more of a backlog but our yes. next game that's coming up on august 17th is going to be Actun. Wolfenstein 3D. Woo! Wolfenstein 3D. The this actual is be, first, this is be first person yes. shooter we played. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the actual first first person shooter. That's a spoiler for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode will be Wolfenstein 3D for the PC. Looking forward to it. Again, we'll be around on social media. We'll make these announcements there too about the delay in episodes. But again, thank you so much for sticking with us for a year. We're not going anywhere. We're just taking a bit of a Yay. vacation. Yes. Thank you so much. Hope everyone has a lovely, lovely summer. Love lovely you guys. Time. We could not do this without you. Big shout out to both of the producers who have been putting in the work. We couldn't have done any of this without them. Couldn't have done it without the listeners, the viewers, commenters. Come hang out with us. Leave us comments. Watch us on Twitch. You could find us at GWGW Show. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Twitch, games we grew up with, Spotify, Apple. Please let us know if you have any problems with uh, any of these episodes on social media, by the way, because every once in a while we do run into that where they'll make it to one and not uh, service and not the others, and we don't always notice. So you guys are great. Thank you so much, and say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Katie. <laughs> yes! Yes! Bye, everyone. <laughs>